Good afternoon. It is Thursday afternoon, Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Paul Wendy with the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio uh, with our weekly uh, podcast, Podcast Thursday, we're calling it. So what happened in the market today? Um, well, uh, this didn't really come as a surprise to us. Uh, we've been saying for quite some time that the market should be uh, uh, adjusting to a more reasonable level. Um, so the markets uh, today, um, the Dow is down 405, almost 406 points for a total of down 1.5%. Uh, the NASDAQ was down um, 2% and the Standard & Poor's was down 1.76%. Uh, again, not a surprise to us. Um, can't tell you what's gonna happen from here, but we can certainly tell you that the market's overvalued and that these, um, uh, these corrections should be happening. We'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. So let's uh, first look at the, uh, the lead article that we have um, in this week's commentary for the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report. Um, and so this commentary, uh, or this lead article for this commentary is the Q ratio, Tobin's Q ratio, and what does it say about the, uh, the market valuation? So as you know, in the last uh, few issues, we've been talking about various market valuations. Um, in uh, particular, we've talked about uh, uh, three, um, well, actually several, but three in particular that, that apply to our discussion today. The first is the price earnings ratio. I'll go through those numbers here in just a little bit. Um, and the thing about these, uh, these metrics, these uh, market valuation metrics, is that they work for individual uh, securities as well as the market. Um, and so the price to earnings ratio, uh, that's directly analogous or directly identical to what we use in the, uh, um, for valuing in individual securities, probably the most widely used uh, uh, valuation metric um, of a multiple nature, the rule of thumb. Now the other uh, metric that we use uh, for individual securities and we can use on the market um, is more of an intrinsic value approach. And we'll talk about that in, uh, in later commentaries and you, uh, YouTube, uh, Intrinsic Value Wealth Report TV episodes and so forth. But for today, price earnings ratio. Um, and I'll give you those numbers in a minute. Now, last week we talked about the Buffett indicator, um, which you can kind of think about as being something like a price to sales ratio. And so I will refer you back to last week's commentary as well as the podcast where we talk about the Buffett indicator. Again, the conclusion of that ratio, as well as the PDE ratio, is that the markets are very overvalued. So this week, we're going to talk about Tobin's Q ratio, named for um, Nobel laureate uh, economist uh, James Tobin, um, who actually did not invent the ratio. Uh, the ratio was probably developed or invented by Nicholas Caldo in 1966. But um, uh, James Tobin and... Um, uh, some of the people that worked with him popularized the, uh, this, this ratio, this Q ratio, and it became named for him. Uh, named for him. Uh, by the way, they did this in a 1976 article, so this goes back a long, long time. Um, and many people have used the Tobin's Q ratio as a way to value the market. Um, it's not widely used, uh, but certainly used. It's not widely understood, and that's why I wanted to write this lead article and address, uh, address it in this um, commentary as well as the podcast, just to give you a little flavor, a little idea of what the, uh, what the Q ratio is all about. So think of the uh, Q ratio as being something like a price to book. And it's really meant more for the economy um, and the overall, you know, the overall economy, the overall market. 
Um, so the Q ratio is just simply the value of the stock market divided by corporate net worth. Okay, let me say it again, the value of the stock market. So you think of that as like the price over corporate net worth and think of that as um, being like the book value. So, you know, with companies, individual companies, we talk about a price to book ratio is the price of the stock uh, that's traded in the market over its book value. When we apply that to the market and the economy as a whole, we're talking about all the companies in the economy, all the publicly traded companies in the economy um, over their collective uh, net worth or book value. So Tobin hypothesized that the ratio, uh, this, this price to book ratio should be one. In other words, uh, they should be roughly equivalent. Um, a ratio greater than one would indicate that the market's overvalued, ratio less than one would imply that the market is undervalued. So um, it turns out though that this relationship hasn't held exactly. Um, the uh, average for the Tobin's Q ratio has been something more like uh, 0.70. So about 70% versus um, you know, one to one relationship, 0.7 versus one to one. Um, the all time high for the ratio by one account was 1.61. And then that, and that suggested the market was 136% above the historical average um, at its time, at the time. Uh, the all-time lows occurred in 1921, 1932, and 1982, when they stood at around 0.30. So um, again, if the average has been 0.70, at those very, very low points, they were about 0.30. Um, now, a, uh, and by the way, that's about 55% uh, below replacement cost. Um, a more up-to-date uh, reading of these measures is provided by a, um, a service called Advisor Perspectives uh, that is written for investment advisors. Uh, we're a subscriber to that. And I'm going to start putting the link to that service in the newsletter. It's publicly available. Anyone can access it. Um, and it's got some good information on there. Um, and particularly, uh, they use four valuation measures, um, one of them being Tobin's Q, uh, which I think is worth looking at. Now, according to uh, Ms. Linsky, um, who follows the Tobin's Q ratio for advisor's perspective, uh, at the current time, and this would have actually been September 2nd, um, so uh, last week, um, the ratio was at about 151% above its mean. Okay, so... Again, this clearly indicating an overvalued um, uh, market. And so um, I conclude in the, um, in the commentary um, that like we did last week where we talked about the Buffett indicator, which also shows overvaluation, and where we talk about the price earnings ratios in our commentary, which also show overvaluation, and a number of other metrics that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the commentary in the podcast, everything is pointing toward overvaluation. So does that mean that the market is um, going to have an imminent crash? Well, it probably should correct back down, uh, but certainly uh, valuations can stay very, very high for very, very long periods of time. Um, and so I'm not going to I'm not going to predict that we're going to have a crash. Although you know the market's cracked a little bit the last uh, you know couple of times this week, um, that doesn't really mean much. Um, uh, and we're going to talk here about the system one and system two thinking the market does. Um, but clearly the market's overvalued. Should it, cra uh, should it crash or come back down or correct? Uh, yes, in, in my opinion, it should. Will that happen? 
um, who knows? Because again, it can stay overvalued very, for very long periods of time. So what about the system one and system two thinking? We called it the system two thinking. These were terms that were uh, coined by um, Daniel Kahneman uh, in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. By the way, he did not invent these terms, but, um, but he picked up on them and, and made them popular. So in his book, he talks about system one and system two thinking. System two thinking is the, you know, the very rational, well thought out, well reasoned, you know, quantitatively com uh, computed and so forth. Um, in our case, valuations for the market um, or just the market activity. Um, the system one thinking is, is quite the opposite. It's more the uh, emotional, spur of the moment, knee-jerk reaction, not well thought out <coughs> uh, valuations and activity that you see in the market. So like human beings, uh, the market does have um, both system one and system two thinking. Um, in the long term, we can say that the market does probably think more in a system two fa uh, fashion. So in other words, um, the, the valuation of the market will tend to follow the intrinsic value um, or the value that, that would be predicted or shown by these, um, these indicators we just discussed, the price earnings ratio, the um, uh, Q ratio, and the, uh, the Buffett indicator. Um, so in the long term, the market's gonna tend to converge on those, um, those indicators, uh, those metrics. But in the short run, uh, the market prices fluctuate all around those, um, uh, those valuations. So the short term is the system one thinking of the market, day-to-day -day trading. I was looking at um, uh, just, I think just today earlier, I was looking at some of the traders um, on the, uh, in, in the market. And, uh, you know, you can kind of see um, how these people think. By the way, I've known quite a number of traders uh, and specialists um, on the New York Stock Exchange, for example, um, over the years. Um, and, you know, they're, they're good people, smart people, but the nature of their jobs is such to be, to be you know, uh, doing things on a very, very short-term basis. Um, I knew a uh, specialist one time who was actually a client um, with a previous firm I was with, uh, fellow retired uh, young, and, and, um, and I was very, very young and early in my career. I think I was probably 30-something at the time. And I, and I asked this fellow, We'll call him John. That's not his real name, but we'll call him John. I said, John, I said, you know, uh, again, I'm 30 years old. I said, John, I said, you're, um, you know, you know a lot more about the market than I may ever, ever know. And why are you our client? And um, the firm I was with um, was a very you know, fundamental, long-term uh, based, um, uh, you know, uh, long-term investment oriented firm. And, uh, and he, he said, Paul, he said, you know, the reason I'm with your firm, even though I've had all these years of experience as a successful specialist on the uh, on New York Stock Exchange, um, is that you guys, your firm, you and your firm understand long-term investing. For me, as having been retired as a specialist on the New York Stock Exchange, for me, long-term is overnight. Um, and that's pretty much the way it is, you know, they're because of the, the, the nature of what they do, the floor traders, the specialists, the, you know, the people on the floor of the exchange. Um, everything is very, very short-term oriented. And, um, and the other thing I was noticing about when I was watching these traders um, is that, you know, they talk amongst themselves. Again, that's the nature of, uh, of the business. And um, part of the problem with, with uh, many of the, the people on the exchanges working remotely like the rest of us um, is that they, they don't have that 
you know, that interaction, that being right on the floor with each other and talking and gossiping and, and all that stuff that, that happens on, uh, on the street. Um, and so anyway, th that's the nature of system one thinking. That's the way the market's designed. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it is. But that's what, what makes the market on a short-term basis fluctuate up and down like it does. Now, again, on a long-term basis, the market really does tend to converge more on the, uh, the long-term valuation and the, uh, the intrinsic values, if you will, or the, the long-term uh, price earnings and, and price to book or, you know, Q ratios and uh, Buffett indicators, those long-term things that really do, when in the long-term, um, you know, when they're stable and the market's converging to those stable, reasonable valuations. Um, so it really does happen in the long term. Uh, but again, that can take a very, very long, a long time to happen. Uh, in the short term, things fluctuate up and down. That's what's happening now. Um, happens that we've been overvalued for a very, very long period of time. Um, you know, today the market dropped a little bit. What's going to happen tomorrow or next week? I don't know. I can only tell you that the market's overvalued and eventually it will converge uh, back down to, to more reasonable valuations. Um, by the way, the, uh, the numbers for, uh, uh, for last Friday, September 4th, uh, the price earnings ratio on the Dow was 26.45 and for the S&P 29.46. That's down a little bit from the previous week, just, just a hair, just like a point or something, less than a point maybe. Um, so again, 26.45 for the Dow, 29.46 for the S&P. Those are very high price earnings multiples. Um, so just like the Buffett indicator we talked about last week, and the Q ratio we talked about today, uh, the market's overvalued by all, all the metrics. So how should we invest? Well, as we've been talking about, uh, now is not the time to jump into the market. Um, I don't think it's the time to speculate on, on stocks, um, although people are doing it. Um, it, you know, every day. I mean, that's kind of nature too, is that, that when the markets, um, you know, get really speculative and people get, uh, there's, what do they call it? F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. FOMO, fear, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. That psychology kicks in and people are jumping into stocks in a speculative frenzy uh, because they're afraid of being left out of the market. Even uh, portfolio managers and so forth do that to some extent. Uh, not because they don't know that the uh, the market's overvalued, or the stocks they're jumping into is overvalued, but there's a real career um, issue with uh, with missing out. So um, uh, that drives a lot of the market, uh, short-term market psychology as well. Anyway, now's the time, not the time to be jumping into anything. Um, if you have an investment program, just keep, keep it up. Uh, dollar cost averaging to this overvalued market. Um, and if it goes down, you'll be dollar cat, you'll be picking up more shares. That's a good thing. Uh, if it keeps going up, um, which you could do for a long time, you'll at least be uh, participating. For you young people, if you look out, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, um, you know, regardless of how overvalued the market is today, um, it it won't look, it, 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 your, your future uh, wealth creation will will have increased. So uh, you don't have to be so concerned about dollar cost averaging into a, to a rising market. Um, if you don't have an investment program, uh, start one again, because if you're looking out, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, um, you, you, you do need to be in the market and uh, 
at some point in the very, very near future, we're going to talk about the retirement calculator um, that I developed um, that will show you really how you do need to invest, you know, start young um, to start saving for your retirement because the more important consideration is that compounding nature. And the longer you have to compound, um, then the, uh, um, you know, the more your investment uh, is going to grow. And that's very important. Less you have to put in every year, as it, actually, as it turns out, um, the longer you have to compound. Well, that's it for um, today. Um, we'll wrap it up, see what happens in the market tomorrow and in the days to come. Uh, and that's it for this week. We will see you back next Thursday, uh, Podcast Thursday. <laughs>